Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. This is a place for candid conversations about what our community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Tanner. I get to be the host today. This is episode 83. Welcome, Lauren. Good morning, Tanner. Hey, it's another Monday, brother. It is a Monday morning, which I am not going to lie, is uh, both one of my favorite moments of any given week. It's a fresh week. It's a new week. And I'm dragging, man. <laughs> There's a lot of pastors <laughs> that take Mondays off. That's and true. evidently, we're not two of them. Yeah, you know, um, we used to have Mondays off here a long time ago. Did you? That's yeah. not an uncommon day no, for it's pastors. Kind of, it's it's to, way before... Way before your time, but yeah, uh, we take Fridays off to be clear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. in some ways is a, a real blessing. Thursday evenings just feel like ah, like they yeah. do for a lot of other folks on yeah. Fridays. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But today's not that day. No, it is it's not a that Monday. day. It is a Monday. It is a Monday. But you know, what? I'm I'm excited for uh, mo- Mondays are kind of a kind of a long day for me, uh, mainly because I'm in school yeah, as well, right? And it is, uh, this fall is stacked up Monday, Wednesday. You've got a full load. I don't know how many people know you're, you're taking several classes. You're, yeah. uh, leading your family and loving three little ones, at least one of which, well, no, they're all at your ankles still. Would you say they're yeah, all at, I at mean, my ankles? Yeah, so pretty, to speak? pretty much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't Ella's, know. Ella, Ella's like, she might as well be a teenager. Is she six going on 27? Oh, she's seven. She's seven now. Seven going on. Maybe thirty seven. You I don't are know. so in so much trouble. It is. It's rough. arguably the cutest kid. At yeah, Colonial Church. And <laughs> as a dad, I just feel for you already, man. <laughs> and she's uh, she's got some personality. Who's her father? She's. A I, we don't know. We don't know exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, there's no question that two boys are yours. Oh yeah. Holy oh, moly! Man. I I'm paying for it, man. Anybody wants to see what Tanner looked like <laughs> exactly? <laughs> As a little one, you need yeah. to take a look at Emerson. Look like, act like, all of it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, my dad just laughs and laughs, <laughs> this and laughs. True story. I'm in my group last night in the Waters house, uh, Cara and, and uh, Wayne Waters house, and there's there's I think there was nine of us last night. And uh, I forgot which one of them said they were serving with kids ministry. Mm. It may have been Annalisa. And she's like, Emerson's just walking around, pulls his shirt way up to his neck, and he's just like <laughs> twisting his nipple. And <laughs> that's what he does, man. I'm like, I don't, There's I'm little like, Tanner. I don't get it, man. I don't. <laughs> I mean, all my kids have had their like uh, self-soothing thing. Like when Ella was, when Ella was, uh, she still kind of does this when she's trying to go to sleep. Or yeah. Trying to get quiet she'll kind of just twirl her hair and yeah it's cute self-soothing that's a good word yeah and we all have all i think little yeah. kids have those little yeah well yeah and, and our as adults we think they can be really bad but like <laughs> but uh like, like sucking fingers or thumb yeah or, yeah of course yeah. yeah yeah like easton easton had to have his hand on me like everything it's always I, he's got to be touching me um well, that's different yeah. which is kind of weird Kind of cute though, but I was like, "Yeah, that's oh, that's awesome." And then here's Emerson; he's got to play with that nipple, man. <laughs> just I'm like, I don't know what it, every every time. Just stick that hand. down. Okay, I'm gonna shirt. out. I'm gonna out my uh, my oldest. Uh, she would kill me, and I'm just banking <laughs> on her not listening to this podcast episode. <laughs> She's 19 now, but she used to suck her her two middle fingers. 
So not mm. the forefinger or the pinky, but the ring finger and the middle finger. And the other fingers would go up on her face, like a, almost like an I love you sign, mm-hmm. you know? And then that was with her left hand. And then with her right hand, she would take her Audi, her her uh, navel, her mm-hmm. Audi, but it's an Audi to be clear, not an any. Uh-huh. And she would just kind of like spin it and twirl it. That is so And weird. then to kick it up a notch, I'm not kidding. This is when she's like one and a half, two years old. She'd go up against like a corner, like a, not, what's the opposite of a corner? Like on a column, like where the two, the two sides meet. Oh. So not in a corner of a, of a room, but where they're. Oh, like an edge kind like of thing. Like an edge. Yeah. And she'd just like suck on her two fingers, twirl her, her navel, and then she'd like rub her navel on the corner. Interesting. And this I'm not making she's this like up. she's like one and a half. At one and a half, two. 17, I don't know, just, um, I'm kidding, not 17. Yeah, 17. (laughs) um, But it was the most bizarre, and she would just, she did it, and we're like, is this this okay? Is she going to be all right? (laughs) What is the matter? Yeah. (laughs) She did outgrow. To all you parents of little ones out there, it it did eventually stop. She did outgrow it. Eventually, Emerson will stop walking around like that with his shirt up. And I don't know. I don't know. I parenting is yet. fun. It's insane. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just that's like I said. We were getting just. I think we got off track with like parenting. That they derail everything. Uh, it's a long Monday. Mondays are long. <laughs> but I was gonna say I'm excited about Monday because I get to spend a little time this evening. Uh, with rooted facilitator so i get to do some uh rooted facilitator stuff how's that been going i know oh, you and man. shelby are leading one of our rooted groups yeah it's been it's been a blast nights. it's been a blast getting to know i mean it's it's one of the ways <sighs> we don't get to meet everybody um at our church and uh it's been pretty cool to be able to sit in a room with people who i see here you know like i'm on stage or i see them attending church and in and out, and I might say hi or whatever, but to sit in a room and to get to know them, uh, for them to actually get to know me, the person who's leading worship all the time, and mm. um, it's just different, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I we've really enjoyed getting to know uh, several people in our rooted group and um, just hearing the stories and uh, get to pray with them and mm. laugh, lots of laughter. Um, Dang, we, I mean, the other rooted group meets just down the hall, and all, always, constantly, they're coming through and going, "Hey, can you close your door?" Like, <laughs> you guys are just laughing a little That's too a much. Good thing. You know? Yeah, I'm like, this, good it's sign. good. So um, we've had a lot of fun, but I get to hang out with the facilitators tonight, and yeah. uh, Shelby and I look forward to that. Um, yeah, catching up, kind of. Yeah, people our- don't people don't know that, but we have all of our rooted leaders. We call them facilitators because we really we really want them to just ask questions and guide the group, not teach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's part of what I love about Rooted. Yeah. Um, it's not a teaching time. It's a it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a participatory experience. Um, and I love that we just have some weekly brief touch points yeah. with our facilitators. Hey, this is what you need to know this week. This is how it's going. Mm-hmm. How can we pray for each other? Yeah. That's one of the things I love about the Rooted experience. Yeah, it's, for, been, it's been really cool. This is the... Uh, the third time I've led a a, um, a rooted mm. group. Well, the first time was we were do we were taking a bunch of people who were going to be facilitators, kind of through the the content and and through the whole process, and it was really good. But um, this has been the second time that I've facilitated now, really with a rooted group. But it's like last week we didn't 
uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, we didn't even really touch on the material, like the stuff that we worked on uh, throughout the week. Um, it was really good. We had uh, we, It's kind of cool. I have a state trooper in my Rudy group, and then I have a 60-something-year-old uh, Romana who is uh, a little black woman who is at our church, and she's serving... And it was cool to hear the conversation between, like, just the racial conversations or Black Lives Matter. Like, it was all coming out in our wow. rooted study. Wow. And it was a really cool. Like, just very different ev- backgrounds very and perspectives. To- totally different backgrounds, totally different perspectives. And to just hear them love each other well and, like, the whole room was just like, no, wow. I don't, don't want to talk about anything. Else. Let's talk about this. Um, it was like it just felt right. Ooh. Um and we had to kind of cut that conversation off so that we could get to some stories and um, some things like that. It was just such a cool thing to be able to be in the room mm. and to just say thank you guys for just being vulnerable and real and being willing to share perspective. And That's pretty cool. To watch just differing opinions happen and just to love each other really well. Mm. Uh, I, just, cool. I just thought it was awesome. That's way cool. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you caught this. I know you're... you're in and out of both services on Sundays, but you know, talking about you made me think of talking about uh, Simon the Zealot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Matthew the tax collector, right? Both being in, I mean, you could put it this way: both being in Jesus's rooted group, you know? Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> and and can be in, and would never, ever, 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 ever otherwise have associated with each other at all. When would they be? Hang- and not even maybe because they not even maybe not even not intentionally. To, just yeah. yeah, just different worlds, different backgrounds. One of them's trying to fight the Romans. One of them's working for the Romans. You know, yeah. like um, and to have I pay money to sit at the fire with Jesus and those two. Yeah, and just watch. Totally, how that develops and absolutely what Jesus does to bring them together, and um, that's, Man, pretty, just, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just thought it was. It, we just had a really good. I was I was so sad. It was like eight o'clock, and we got to like, okay to honor everybody's time. Yeah, let's get out of here. But that's <laughs> not in my heart. That's not in my name. You want to go nature. till nine? Yeah. I'm like, let's yeah. just keep going as long as everybody <laughs> wants to. So that was really fun. I'm looking forward. It's been it's been really fun to get to know a bunch of people and Sweet. Um, journey that way and. <laughs> My one of my favorite things is to share some things about myself that they did not know, and to watch their eyes kind of go, "Wow, like <laughs> did not know that about you." <laughs> like, well, now you can't unknow that, you know. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. So I'm excited about it. Uh, Monday kind of represents the start of getting ready into the into the rooted week and yep. doing some stuff. So I'm excited about it. Um, what we get to do there, but yeah, pretty cool. Another Monday, man. Another Monday. Brooke is. Uh, he was on. He was kind of on vacation well, because of his. Is it his sister's wedding? Yeah. So like he is kind of kind of cool. He gets to he, gets, he got his to officiate wedding. his sister's wedding. It's it, not his thing. Like he would be. He, he he's like, he's a licensed pastor, mm-hmm. um, but he would be the first to tell you it's it's much less about your stereotypical pastoring role yeah. with people shepherding people. Mm-hmm. He's much more of a ministry. Uh, uh, he's a doer. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to describe Brooke. He, no, I know. Yeah, he does yeah. a bunch of things really well. Has a huge love for the church, mm-hmm. and therefore found himself in this role. Yeah, well, and but, just has a heart to. 
But to do a funeral, succeed, yeah. to f- officiate a wedding. I mean, he does to, them and he to has. To counsel but... a couple in crisis. Those, those are not the things he. He'd pay money not to yeah. do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can just imagine the conversation with him and his sister going, seriously, you want me to do this? Please don't ask me to do this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he and his wife uh, got to go up there and. Well, and they took the kids, didn't they? Yeah, they took all the kids. kids. It was yeah. Colorado. Because I've seen a couple pictures of them on top of that. But mountain. I think he's Ooh. golfing today. Oh. So I'm a little upset about that. Only You're right. I would You're right. I think he, that. I think, I think actually, I think they're back and. Well, no, he, he, I think they're still there. No, but no, saw, because he got invited. Oh, no, they are, they are back. Um, our church got an uh, uh, invitation for uh, youth pastors to all go play golf Yeah, together. and he's like. I'll pretend. And he's like, I'll be our youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one right now. Yeah, so. I'll, go, I'll be I'll be that. I'll go, I'll go play golf. So I think he's golfing. Uh which that's okay. Shout out to him. It's okay. And, he planned uh, ahead. Hopefully he to take off and hopefully he plays well. Yeah. Um, so for all yeah, yeah. So he's out. He's out today, but um that's okay. We we love Brooke. He's a good dude. Good dude. Um so we've talked a lot, uh, but before we Really, really dive in. Um, I, I've talked a lot about a rooted group, and I wanted to wanted to kind of share. Maybe, maybe the parents can relate to this. Okay. We started with an icebreaker last Wednesday. Okay, those are always fun. Just get everybody talking, and yeah, just a way to naturally reveal a little bit of yeah kind of your personalities. And yeah, just get people. Uh, active or or yeah. uh, or even just laughing a little bit, yeah. you know, at the expense of others. <laughs> okay. So Shelby and I asked the question. We go, hey, uh, what's the most interesting thing that's happened to you, your family, in the last 24, 48 hours? Okay. And right away, right away, we've got like hands going up. Oh my, I got, I, I verbally just, just, saying, just oh, I got this uniquely. One. I'm ready to, I'm like, okay. wow, you guys are. I was expected to have to like drag something out of them, like, oh, I spilled my coffee today or something, you know. Uh-huh. No. First story is an hour before showing up to Rooted and sitting in the room, their youngest son dropped trowel, pooped in the front <laughs> yard. Trow. Wait, first of all, drop trowel. Is that like a Randall I, it Oklahoma might be. way it of might saying? Be. Honestly, you know, I actually don't think I've ever heard anybody else say that. And how old is this kid? Four or five, somewhere Four around five. there. Oh my goodness. In the front yard. In the front yard. Wow. Dropped it. And <laughs> m- mom <It's> mortified. <laughs> mortified. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. Are the neighbors watching? <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some and poor sap drove by and was like, what? What in, in the, the world? world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, I can't believe that frantic. Maybe some parents out there can relate to that. Wow. But then another one, I mean, like immediately. Um, well, I locked myself out of my house and I had to be somewhere and my phone was in there. And I just picked up a rock and I broke a window <laughs> and got in there and left. Oh my goodness. And then in the in the middle of it, in the middle of that, I, I broke a window. Broke into my house, left. It happens, and we're all going. No, it. What do you mean? It happens. Like, no, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I don't think I've broken into my own. I I think I've found a window that I could, you know, open yeah. or something. I can't. I don't have any memories of 
breaking yeah, through I'm like, the glass. And, and the worst part is she goes, we have three keys <laughs> to the house. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So we just had, it was, it was good. It was really interesting. I just, yeah. I don't know if, if people, if anybody listening who has not experienced a, a church small group or a Bible study or anything like that, I wonder if that blows their perception. Yeah, of, I like I just thought it was very serious, and you open your Bibles <laughs> and you read it out loud. And yeah, evidently you're telling stories of kids dropping trowel. Hey man, it happens. Moms breaking in their windows to get into their houses. That's right. And in the words of Zania Medlin. Zania Medlin. She's. In, I've yeah. met her. She's one of our newer colonial folks. Uh-huh. She's in your rooted group. And, yep, yep. And she's the one that was talking about breaking into her own house. Oh, you just outed her. I definitely outed her. <laughs> she's the one. That... In the words of Zania, <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I anyway. can't wait to see Zania next. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. This it is happens. the kind of stuff that truly builds community. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking of community, uh, we launched into a new series. Yes, we yesterday. did. Yes, we did. Um, Church Defined. Church Defined, and uh, kind of opened up with all these different things that church um, has been, or, or... At least the ways we talk about it. The ways we talk about it, The ways we perceive it, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Build, building an event, uh, community... An organization. Organization, but really you kind of got down to what church is supposed to be, which is family. At least from the scripture. Yeah. yeah. You could argue community more than anything else among those four common definitions, uh, and then the metaphor that we just grabbed a hold of yesterday was family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder how many people perceive church like that. I, I know for a fact. I mean, we all refer to the church as a building. Every single one of us. It's mm-hmm. got an address. That's not even a bad thing. But I wonder how many people only see church as an event. You know, yeah. and, and I have to believe if, it, if there's a pie chart, mm-hmm. it's a big chunk of one color oh, I'm sure. <laughs> that says, "Oh yeah, that's Sundays, Sunday mornings for an hour." Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that that's culturally normal. I don't know how many people perceive it as family. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you show up, do, if but, you show up to the to the event, you probably are hearing. Well, I think of just even us, like. You probably are hearing church family, you know. You're hearing it a lot. You, but that's my question: is I think I think we talk about that a lot, and people up front, right, like, like us, teach on it a lot. I just don't know how many people are experiencing it. Like, like really that. view it. That's that that's way. one of that's one probably one of the heartbeats for me yesterday in walking through that and and asking some of those questions is is really trying to dig at. Okay, we talk about this. Are we really doing it? You know, like, yeah. are are you personally experiencing church as family? Hmm. Have you tasted? It, in fact, that's a, that's another analogy that comes to mind for me. Is you know, part of what we see in scripture is is taste of the Lord and find out that He is good. Right. Um, there's this idea of everybody coming to the banquet table. You know, in the end, um, and we're all invited. There's this metaphor around you know tasting of the goodness of God. And with the implication clearly that if you just get a taste, mm. oh my goodness, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you need more, you crave more, you will never want to go anywhere else. I wonder in the same regard, have have people gotten a taste of church being family? Right. Um, because I have, and I am satisfied with nothing less. You yeah. Know? And the people I know that have experienced church as family 
are satisfied with nothing less. Right. Um, and at worst, this is where I maybe share from my own perspective, it's gotten to the point now where I can't relate. In fact, it's it's a bad thing sometimes. Yeah. I can't relate to people who don't see it as family. Um, right. I have to be, I have to, as a pastor, I have to choose to extend a lot of grace to people who only see it as an event, which is a lot of people, to people who come once a month. Yeah. Um, to people who... Even if people come every week. like Yeah, there's yeah. probably a chunk of people who come three, four times a month. Mm-hmm. And yet, it, and, and then, frankly, two years later, five years later, pandemic comes, whatever, 12 years later, mm. eh, it's not really changing my life. And my explanation in my head um, is, well, it's because you haven't tasted it. You haven't, it's been an event. Yeah, you haven't right. tasted the family. You haven't, you haven't really been cared for. Mm-hmm. You haven't been been in a position to care for others you haven't you haven't gone through the hardest time and okay in that really difficult season maybe you had your parents there for you or you had right you know your best friend who doesn't even live in town for you mm-hmm. or whatever but you didn't have the family of the church around you in that experience of difficulty which changes everything you know sure. um we talked about it last night in our group on sunday night um, I mentioned um, that to you earlier, and you know, one of the girls in our group just said, "This is the only church I've been a part of. I'm still very young in my faith, and um, you guys are my family. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't picture doing life without you. They're they're getting married um, in a couple months, forty six days. She's counting, <laughs> and she's like." She looked around. And she said, "You know, I don't even know if you guys know this yet, but you three men." She's pointing to us three men in the room. Y'all are in the, y'all are in the wedding. Y'all are the groomsmen, and 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 we're and we're not surprised. We're like, yeah, yeah, we are. Oh yeah, you know, because we're yeah, family. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a different deal. Yeah, you know. So I, I went down a few rabbit trails <laughs> there, but I, I get I get passionate about this, uh, and I I'm. Maybe to spin it invitationally, man, for, for anyone that hasn't experienced that yet, hasn't tasted that yet, it's, it's, it's a radically different experience. Yeah, I, uh, so, I don't know, uh, c- competing thoughts in my mind right now. Um, one is, I do think there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of us out there that maybe haven't experienced church church in that way, um, or even thought that maybe we should experience church in that way. But all at the same time, there are there are those who have experienced in that way and then experienced incredible hurt. Yep. Even, even uh, may, maybe intentional hurt, maybe unintentional hurt, maybe even unknown hurt, where people, I, I can all think of... All of which, I'll interrupt and say, happens in the context of family. I mean, right. think about biological family mm-hmm. hurt is included um, intentional hurt unintentional hurt misunderstanding dysfunction mm-hmm. sin yeah yeah <laughs> like on one hand yeah that that's part of so when I say oh it tastes so good I I'm, I'm leaving out I, I hear what I hear you saying is yeah. I'm leaving out and it's gonna be messier it's gonna be harder sure. but it's gonna be richer it's the whole would you rather never love or love and lose it you know it's, right i interrupted you no it, that's it, it's I, all included yeah 
Well, I was talking to somebody, uh, uh, one of my really good friends here at the church, uh, and I was I was kind of asking him about the concept of this, and <clears throat> he said that um, one of the best things he's he's ever experienced in the context of church as family is to go through a really difficult season with the church, where contemplating leaving and um, and wrestling with people and and then sticking it out Mm. and he's like i would have understood the context of family in church had i went through that hard time and then and left the church you know and went somewhere else or whatever but i wouldn't have understood how good the family could be if like church as family if i had gone through that really hard season worked it out, even maybe to some degree, still kind of had differing opinions, uh, different thoughts on certain things, and then stayed. He's like, there was a difference in me of maybe what I would have done in the past is, this is really difficult, this is really hard, I don't like this particular thing or instance, and I'm, I'm out. Um, and then now it's like, well, I've experienced this really hard time in the family there's decisions being made. There's things that are happening that I don't know that I really enjoy or like. Even that downright anger me. But because I was met with people who were willing to sit down with me, have have coffee with me, let me come hanging out, hang out at their house on their couch till midnight and talk through these difficult things, whatever, and work through it. I, I, I'm experiencing a, a deeper connection to family that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so that, that's where my mind kind of goes <clears throat> when we're talking about some of that is you can experience the context of church as family. Um, even, even, even in that hardship, even in that hard, hard time, but to, to experience that hard time in the context of family and to go through it together to be met with people who want to have conversation with you, who want to, who literally, I mean, who care about you, even if we're at odds or whatever, um, to come back around to, we've gone through this really hard time together. Uh, and it's even more beautiful out after that. Um, I just thought that was kind of a cool, a cool perspective. Um, almost like a full journey. You know what I mean? That's also, I mean, I don't even know who you're talking about and you don't need to tell us. I, that to me, that reflects some maturity, you yeah. know, because I do think, like, let's make it a broader issue. Anything really difficult, um, I think the less mature uh, response that that I've experienced myself as well in different seasons of life is just to ah, ah and run. Yeah, you know, like something's uncomfortable, <clears throat> avoid. Something's painful, mm-hmm. run away from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with, I say this my early fifties now, (laughs) I think with growing, with growth, with maturity comes the ability to, okay, hold on. This is uncomfortable. Mm. Pause. Where's this coming from? Right. Um, what do I need to assess here? And it's, it's not as reactive Uh maybe. So I I mean, I just applaud that person and, and more broadly that kind of thinking to go, okay, I'm recognizing I don't think I'd be where I am today in some really positive ways. Right. If I hadn't stuck yeah. and, and worked through it. Um, but you also included 
some factors there that probably played a pivotal role is somebody was gracious with him. Somebody took the time to right. help help him work through it too. Yeah. Which is not always a given. That's true. Well, and that's the thing. I think I think there's uh, I I I can think of several people right now in in my community alone where it's been really difficult to overcome some some hurt. It, very intentional hurt on mm. the on the on the church's part, you mm. know, the church at large. Getting to know, I think of a story right now where it's like there's um, someone was spending a lot of time with a, a leader in the church, a previous church, um, and kind of got vulnerable and real about some things they were struggling with, or thing, you know. And then that person turns around and uses that as an illustration, Oof. Uh, in in the context of a larger crowd, like in a public setting. Yeah, and it's like, what? Yeah, just, I, I just was betrayal. I, I was sharing with you. And yeah, we had a conversation yesterday, I, <clears throat> and I'll I'll be I'll be this real with you. Uh, had a conversation yesterday with some of our team, some of the worship team uh, that was happening in the green room, kind of while service was going on. Um, and it was all centered. I mean, I, ironically, we're talking about this from the stage, but um, it's centered around the ability to. Uh, struggle openly mm. in the church, and the uh, sometimes the the feeling or the general sense is that no, don't don't do that. You know, don't don't share what you're struggling with, whether by fear or 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 by I don't know what to do with that, so I don't want to deal with it. Um, or at worst, like I don't really care. <laughs> um, some of those conversations were were happening, but I mean. Sometimes the hurt is so personal. Like it's just again, it's where just where my mind goes with with some of this stuff. And you know, like I said, caveat of I've got conversations in my head right now with people that I really love and care about who are like sometimes the hurt's just so personal that it, it it's hard to overcome. Um yeah. it's hard to to stick with it, to true to keep going. And I think there's gotta be grace on on the church's part, so sure. it also comes down to loving well too, right? Like, if we can't love well, then we can't overcome those hard things. Mm. I don't know. Uh, you you said uh, there was a, a kind of a quote that you shared uh, that I think is kind of in line with some of this stuff, um, kind of in the context of um, what the church is versus what the church isn't, that kind of thing. You kind of said. Uh, one of the points that you shared yesterday was uh, church is where we wrestle with God, but you also gave kind of a defining kind of thing with that, uh, and you quoted Eugene Peterson, and you said, believers argue with God and skeptics argue with each other. Um, can you kind of expand on 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 that a little bit, this whole idea? What do you mean wrestle with God? Well, um, what I mean by wrestle with God is is really just being very honest and open. I think of the Psalms, you know, I think of, of David wrote a lot of the Psalms. He didn't write all of them, my understanding, but, um, the writers of the Psalms just to, especially David, we'll just talk about David, just incredibly raw and honest and all in the same prayer, all in the same, you know, page and a half of what we're reading. Mm -hmm. There is, you are amazing. I love you. You're the king of the world. You're, you're, 
your ways are higher than mine. And then how much longer is, are these wicked going to prosper? How much longer are we going to suffer? Um, I did this good thing and look where it left me. Mm. And then turning around to going, you know what? But I recognize that you can see what I can't see and you're still good. And I trust you. And all of that, (coughs) excuse me, all of that is what I think our prayer life should look like privately. And then ultimately, my understanding of church is family is where we open up and share those, that, that, that level of honesty with each other. Mm. Um, I think that on one hand, you probably don't want your pastor saying, mm, you know what, today, I'm not so sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> like on one hand, you don't want that. Yeah. Um, and I get that. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, I want my pastor, so to speak, because uh, I have pastors in my life, I want my pastor to have that level of honesty in any given moment, um, whether it's to confess sin uh, or it's just to open, you know, just open themselves up vulnerably to say, man, today is really hard and I'm not so sure what it looks like for me to be faithful in this moment or I'm not so sure that I have what it takes to pull this off. Um, you don't want any leader saying that, you know, mm. but I think in any given situation with different people and different families and different walks of life, it's just opening yourself up, not only to the Lord directly, but in community to wrestle with that. I love, I love being in a circle of people, whether it's three of us or it's 13 of us, but it's in a smaller setting where someone can just be that vulnerable about their own sin issues, their own doubts, um, their own uncertainties, and to have one or more people in that circle go, I've been there, Mm -hmm. or I'm there right now. Mm -hmm. And there's no judgment. There's no, oh my goodness. There's no reaction of, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's withness. It's it's with, um, do you think that's the, do you think that's the overwhelming norm, normal, Church experience for no. people, though. I, I well, first of all, big disclaimer: none of us can know. Well, sure, we can only that's assume true. what's going on out there. Right, that's true. But I can say, at least based on the people that I've done life with in different settings, it doesn't seem to be their normal experiences. Right. You know, uh, we were part of a church in Colorado that had this. Um, this is way before the Me Too movement. Oh and, yeah, and where Me Too was associated with. Um, you know, some awful behavior on mm-hmm. the part of, um, for the most part, men. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we had shirts that um, were just sold like hotcakes that said Me Too on it. Um, this is, again, way before the Me Too mm-hmm. movement, because mm-hmm. what it meant in the context of, of a teaching series that was done at the church was you're not alone. You're not alone in your oh, struggles. Yeah. You're not alone in your cynicism. You're not alone in your hurt. You're not alone in your doubts. You're not alone in your your sin stuckness in this particular area, and it was just this incredible call out of the privacy of our own thoughts, out of the secrecy of our own struggles, to relish in ah, oh, me too, you too, you too, oh, you too, you too, you too, me too, and yeah. it was it was like this season of freeing our church. Be- and and to answer your question. It's because the overall majority are like, I've never experienced this freedom before. 
wow. never experienced this level of honesty. Um, and so when I, back to your original question, mm -hmm. I think, I think what it means to wrestle with God together, which I don't want to leave that out because we're talking about church as family. Yeah. We're not talking about an individual wrestling in this context. No. Yeah. It's, it's to turn our attention together to the Lord in our honesty. Um, yeah. In every aspect. And, and there is a, a freedom. There is a life that is given to us in that sense, a fullness uh, because I believe that's what the Lord wants from us individually anyway. So right. when we get to experience that together, oh my goodness, it's it's so enriching. You I, know? I wanna read um I wanna read something that uh it was in kind of in your in your script. Uh I get the benefit that most people don't get, which is get to read your your message script. Um but there's a there's a couple of things that you said in the context of where we wrestle with God. That I want to read, but then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, it says, um, uh, church, uh, kind of in the context of church equaling family, it's where we choose to struggle openly instead of privately, which mm -hmm. we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It's where we ask questions and sometimes find answers. Mm -hmm. And when answers aren't found, the church is where we find comfort and encouragement that we are not alone. Mm. Again, what we were talking about. I'm going to ask you this. How, where do you think Colonial sits in line with those three things right now? As of, as of today, where do you think, as a church at large, where do you think we sit with that? So to clarify, where do I think we sit? You said those three things. Do you, you specifically... Those, specifically those three statements. Okay. Is okay. It, uh, so it's where we choose to struggle openly instead of privately. Yeah. Where do you, in the context of colonial, where we are today, how well do you think we, we number one, do that, but also mm. receive that? That's a great question. I think, and, and I hope... I hope it's pretty clear to me and to everybody listening. Um, this is pure conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yes. This yes. Is, of this course. Is completely yeah. Completely speculative on my part. Totally. Because um, you, cause you don't know everybody. I haven't every done a survey person. and I can't yeah. read any minds. Um, I, I think my I think that first statement that the church as family is where we choose to struggle openly instead of privately. I think that is aspirational. I think. In other words, I, I don't see that as a pervasive mentality or, or activity. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't see that as um, I, I remember you know I, I've used this definition of culture before several times that I stole from from a friend Doug Paul, who says that culture is whatever is normal for the majority. Yeah. So do we have a culture of open struggling? And I would say no, we don't. Yeah. But I also wonder if we ever could. It, it's True. aspirational. True. It's it goes against the the nature of of wanting to protect ourselves and be private. Mm -hmm. It goes against the nature of our culture at large, which is everything from you keep your stuff to yourself. Right. I'll keep my you know. So so I think it's aspirational. Yeah. Secondly, uh, the statement of okay, family church church as family is where we ask questions and sometimes find answers. I do think I do think that's just a statement of fact in that I see us as a church asking questions. Mm -hmm. I see us, I, th I think every church at some degree 
man, if you're just if you're just going through the motions, you're asking questions. It, the nature of of being in a church is to ask the bigger questions. Yeah. So I think that's happening. I think we all recognize there's some questions that aren't answered. Um, I think that's accurate about Colonial. We're, we're a church that's asking questions, sometimes finding yeah. answers. The 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 challenge then is the third point. Yeah. Is when answers aren't found, the church is where we find comfort and encouragement that we are not alone. I say this with some some hope and some confidence. I think Colonial, uh, in my experience, I've been here four years, seems to be a community of people that one of two things is happening. Um, when answers aren't found satisfactorily, mm-hmm. you know, they're not they either aren't found period or the answer is not what we like. I think as a as a reflection of where we are in our maturity, there's reaction to that. I think maybe there's a walking away. Mm-hmm. There's a disillusionment. Um, I've definitely had a, f- a few conversations over the last four years with with a handful of individuals who have um, just walked away from their faith. Have just um, not. They're not going to some other church because they like it better. They're walking away from church. Yeah, you know. But I also would say what seems to be. Um, Again, conjecture, but I, I really feel like I'm perceiving in a, in a bunch of different colonial folks, this actually happening is, hmm. okay, I'm struggling, but I'm finding in this community, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm finding that, oh, it's okay to ask that question? Oh, it's yeah. okay to voice that frustration? Oh, it's okay to, to, to have doubts? And I'm not alone, and I've found community here that we can go to God together, yeah, and not not wallow in it, but take it to the Lord, you yeah. know. And so, on that last point, I'm actually really encouraged. I think yeah. I think we're we're on our way to to creating culture where it's normal for the majority to find you're not alone here. Yeah, you're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your doubts. You're not alone in your day to day questions of how do I live out my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives me the most hope sure. in this regard about church being family wrestling yeah. with God together. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, I mean, we hopefully we know that. I mean, part of your role here at, at Colonial is you're you're the vision caster, right? You're the you're the guy who's who's spending a lot of time with the Lord and and our elders as well, direction of our church and what we're what we're processing, what we're thinking. So, to some degree, the conversations we're having on a weekend and all those things. Uh, some of those things will be aspirational, right? Because it's calling us up. It's calling us forward into where right. God has what, that, what God has next for our church. There's a time so, and place for that. It's yeah. not, yeah. It, like the negative spin of that is it's wishful thinking. Oh, sure, you know? sure, yeah. And that's not what I mean by aspirational. No, I mean okay, we're not there yet, but this is where God wants us to be. Let's go. Yeah, and and yeah. and so to say the church is somewhere where we struggle um, openly instead of privately, mm-hmm. even if that's not true yet, that's still true. That's not true for us. That's true for what God wants for us. Yeah. And so let's, let's, let's have that on our, our target. Right. Absolutely. That we're throwing axes at or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I kind of want to move us, uh, along a little bit in, uh, I think it does tie into this. We talked about hurt, um, with the church, uh, we talked about the uh, the idea that we're not really um, what is it? What, what was Eugene Peterson's deal? Skeptics argue with each other. Yeah. Believers argue with God. Um, uh, I think often we can experience hurt or pain or 
confusion, frustration with one another, and that can become we see an, we see an enemy. We make enemies out of that. You mm-hmm. talked a lot about that, and we actually prayed for our, our you know quote unquote enemies right. uh, in service. Um, how how does that impact how we choose to live in community or not? Mm. What what would you kind of say to some of that? Well, my first thought is one of the things that I said yesterday is it's just impossible. I'll speak for me. It's impossible for me to pray for someone and hate them at the same time. <laughs> it's just, I, I've tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's impossible. I'll, I'll take it to a different uh, level. It's impossible for me to know someone's story and hate them at the same time. Oh, wow. I've shared that before. Um, uh, a stupid story, maybe even just for fun, but that will make my point is I remember as a, I think I even shared this early in our podcast a couple years ago. Um, I, I was a young, clueless youth pastor and uh, had, you know, maybe a dozen students in the church van. And um, I had never in my life uh, TP'd a house, um, toilet paper, you know. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that because it's one of those things where I grew up in Germany and we Stop. didn't we didn't TP yeah. houses, and also didn't realize as a as a leader in the church I probably shouldn't take kids and TP and house. TP house. I was ignorant. Yeah, but but so the 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 only smart aspect of it for me was like, well, we're only going to do it to one of our students' homes. You know, at least I wasn't going to yeah. go vandalize somebody stranger. Sure, you know? sure. So we went and, and did it to two or three, four different homes. I don't know. And I, I remember feeling uneasy about it the whole time and um, was barely smart enough to say, we're going to go back and clean up tomorrow. We're uh-huh. not doing this without you know cleaning it up. Well, it turns out one of the moms of one of these students that we did their home was super upset, like very mad about the whole thing and centered her anger on me. Um, cause I was the, You're the leader. I was supposed to be the responsible adult, uh-huh. you know, and I'm, and so long story short is I didn't like her before. Uh, this made me like her even less. I thought <laughs> she was grumpy pants. I thought she, um, just didn't, wasn't warm to me and others. Mm-hmm. And I just, I already didn't like her. This just made me go, Oh, <clears throat> I really don't like this lady. Um, ended up sitting on her sofa with her to apologize Still, still not liking her. Still resentful mm-hmm. that I was even having to do this. Mm-hmm. Just how clueless I was. And she basically shares her story with me over the course of half an hour, including tears. And the, the heartache that she had gone through personally with her family and the loss that she'd experienced. And, and along the way, the way that she had clung to God and... Uh, her church family and um, and how much she loved him, the Lord, and was dependent on him, and even aware of her own brokenness and mm. sin issues. I walked out of that house not only feeling downright horrible for TV <laughs> in her house, learning experience, yeah, but also just like I love her. Wow! Like she still rubs me the wrong way when she does sure, this or sure, that. Sure. I still don't understand that part of her life because we're different. But I loved her, and I just I walked away with an understanding of where she was coming from in some ways. And so, back to your question about this, I just think if we do these things, it, shocker! If we do what Jesus asked us to do, yeah, life would be different. You know, <laughs> even yeah. if the results around us 
don't change or it's, you know, in the eyes of the world, it's, it quote, doesn't work or right. it quote, isn't effective. Mm. The reality is that he's all about the heart and it changes hearts, you know? Mm. So even if I love my enemy and they never change and they never stop being my enemy, never stop treating me negatively or hurt, hurting me or whatever, mm. If I'm praying for them like Jesus asked me to, and I'm, I'm choosing to love them like Jesus asked me to, my heart is not bitter toward them. Uh, my heart is actually grace-filled toward them. I sleep better at night. <laughs> I model for my children the life of Jesus radically differently. Mm. Uh, I face the next hard-to-love person radically differently because of what God has taught me through this other experience of loving my enemy. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know what effect, you know, 25 seconds, you know, <laughs> yesterday yeah. of, of everybody <clears throat> in, in our two services praying for a particular quote unquote enemy is. But um, my hope is that at the very least, it's a challenge yeah. to go do that again. Right. And it's maybe a little bit of a taste of, just a recognition in that moment of, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. Right. I hear what you want my heart to, how you want my heart to change. Yeah. So, um, I, I think the, I think the thing that really is helpful to me in that particular aspect is, uh, is just wrestling with, okay, there's a lot of ways. Let's be honest. There's a lot of ways to, to experience community besides church. Yeah. In fact, there's some. Well, we do. There's, right? and we all do, yeah. and we all seek it out, whether we even know it or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways that um, that are beautiful. I think the Lord sees a Boy Scout troop and some parents and kids. I, I want to say fathers and sons, but even Boy Scouts is different now. Yeah. But you know, some fa- I'll say fathers and sons in Boy Scouts that have just some unique bonding experiences with each other, father, son, with other fathers, others, other kids. Um, it's a unique way to experience community. You know, um, I, I'm now that I've got a Harley, you know, I'm, I'm learning there's biker clubs and travel clubs (laughs) and, and for some people that is their community, right? They, They don't have it at church. They don't have it in their neighborhood. They don't have it with their family, but that is their community. There's a lot of ways we experience community, which begs the question to me, Okay, what does Christian community look like? Right. What's especially God honoring and Christ like about about community, which is what the church is supposed to be, and that's that's why we went into okay, church is a family where we we find amongst ourselves and love our enemies. Hmm. That's distinctly Jesus like. You're not going to find that in Harley group. You're not going to find that right. in the Boy Scouts. Sure. You know, um, but you, and if you don't find it in the church, the church is not being obedient and faithful. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Um, this kind of goes, I, I, I want to kind of move us along cause we're going to, we're getting close to time, but I don't want to go too far without, we had a question that was sent into the podcast Yes, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I think it's I think it's appropriate. It's, I think it's a number one. The question uh, it goes in line with context of where we are as a church. Some of the decisions we've made as a church recently, 
Um, but also, it fits pretty well with this conversation of uh, being in community, loving people well, and all these different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think if it's a very fitting question um, for us. Yeah. Do you have the question pulled I up? I do have it. Okay. Um, and and our question asker didn't clarify one way or the other whether they wanted to be anonymous, so I'll just leave, leave uh, her name out. Okay. <laughs> um, she asks, um, how do you leave church or any situation well? How do you leave church or any situation well? Uh, I think that's a fantastic question. Timely in some ways, like you said. But regardless, if we're going to talk about church as family, if we're going to talk about um, what the Bible teaches about church, and in our case, recognize there's you know 250 plus other churches Mm-hmm. within driving distance mm-hmm. of where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, people change churches. Um, people leave one church to go to another. People leave one church to stop going to church. Uh, certainly people leave church when they move, out right. of you know, job change or, or whatever. Um, I have a couple of thoughts I want to share, and I'd love to hear your take too, Tanner. First, I want to go back <clears throat> to a teaching that uh, I gave uh, the last Sunday of June. So if this particular topic really interests any of our listeners, I really encourage you to go back to the June 26th uh, Pat, uh, sermon. It was on, it was, we're still studying Acts. Yeah. So it's based on one of the chapters of Acts. The title of the message is Fighting Well. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's about how we do life together, including the hard stuff. And I want to reiterate one of the last points I make, because I really feel strongly about this. I think especially because I believe church is meant to be family. Um, one of my last points was sometimes, and I said, rarely, it's okay if conflict leads to separation. Uh, use the example in Scripture of Paul and Barnabas really disagreeing about bringing along this young guy, John Mark. Uh, Barnabas thought they should definitely bring him along. Paul was really upset with him for having bailed on them earlier. Long story short is these are two studs. These are two church leaders that... that had conflict mm-hmm. and they actually chose to part ways and go in two different directions. So it's an example from scripture that there is a time and a place to, to separate. Um, but the thing that I dwelt on, on June 26th, and I want to reiterate here today is that is a unique, I'd call that an exception. I think that time and time again, um, we're meant to stick. In fact, um, one of my points that I really feel str- uh, strongly about, especially because so much, let me back up. Starting in Genesis, there is a message from the Bible that God is all about oneness. Hmm. It starts with our idea of, of marriage. What, what happens when a man and a wife get married? According to the scripture, they become one flesh. It's a supernatural connection, hmm. and they are not meant to separate period. Um, are there reasons in scripture for divorce? Yes. Guess what? It's like two, (laughs) (laughs) which means the other thousand reasons we don't get along or have a hard time are not reasons to separate. God is all about oneness. What's the message of the gospel? What was once broken can be restored and Mm -hmm. made whole again. God is all about oneness. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's about unity. Um, and therefore, I'm just fired up about this. Separation in any relationship should be rare. 
It should be the exception to the norm. Um, one of my co- my statements on June 26th was, I believe this way more often than not, we should stick with our church family. Way more often than not, we should stick in our marriages. And way more often than not, we should stick in our friendships. I really believe that. Um, there's a time and a place to separate. But I think that's a backdrop of truth that we need to hold fast to. Um, I, I, I talk about that with couples going through the ringer in, in a mm. marriage. And I right up front, I'm like, it's going to be a rare moment where I go, yeah, you guys, you guys should be done. I'm going to advocate for you working through this um, because that's what I see in the scriptures. I feel the same way to answer this person's question um, or not to answer this question, but to put a backdrop is I, I think leaving a church should be the exception. I really believe it. And I, I don't say that in some self-serving way, like don't leave my church. You know, right. this has nothing to do with me. No. Um, I, I would say this if I worked for still Edward Jones back in the right. day or I was teaching school or I think leaving a church should be rare for, for a couple very specific reasons from scripture. One is, is we're taught that church is family. I'll just ask you this question. When do you leave your family? Let's let that sit. Mm. When, when does God want you to leave your family? Now, is there a time and a place for that? I'm sure. It's extremely rare. <laughs> you know, mm. another analogy from scripture that Paul paints pretty clearly. What is the church? The church is a body. The church has different body parts. Every body part serves a, a very unique and important function. When do we amputate? I mean, just let that sit. That if we're going to use those two very powerful metaphors to represent mm-hmm. the church, I mean, amputation is painful. Yeah, Amputation has long-lasting effects. I think that's a good metaphor. I mean, the church is not a country club. The church is not... Um, just one of a dozen things I do. The church is meant to be a body. It's meant to be a family. And, and therefore, I know, I know that's loaded, but I think the truth is loaded, is that leaving it should be really the rare. Now, having said that, I want to honor this person's question, and I definitely want to give you some room to speak in this too, and I know we're wrapping up time. What does it look like to leave well? Especially, like, let's just say you're, you're leaving under good circumstances. How do you, how do you leave well? You're, you're moving away or, or just something really hard has happened and you want, you want to leave well. Um, I found a really, I, I'm not going to take credit for this, I found a really good short article from Kerry Newhoff, who's a pastor. He's Canadian, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> um, but he's got some real wisdom here. Um, he's got five main points. I'm going to fly through them. One, he says, own your own piece of the pie. Um, don't, don't leave pointing fingers, but leave with, with humility and recognize your own shortcomings. Um, I, I love, he says this, even, even, even take the time to get input from others, not in a gossipy way, but in a quote, what part of this problem is me kind of way. I think Mm. that's huge. So own your own piece of the pie. Uh, just nothing bad is going to come from honest conversations. I think that's a really good point. Um, secondly, this is huge. If you're going to leave well, talk to somebody. Way too many people just slip out the back door, just vanish. Uh, I think it's really healthy and really loving to actually take the time to talk to somebody. If you're in a really small church, Newhoff says, 
talk to your pastor. If you're in a much larger church, I would say even a church our size, at least talk to your your small group leader. Talk to your serving team leader. Uh, talk to somebody you really respect and look up to in the church. Talk to somebody. Either way, don't just slip out the back door. Um, this is an interesting point. He says, number three, clarify the problem. He says, I find most people leave over one of two issues, either a misunderstanding or misalignment. Hmm. And if it's a misunderstanding, which a lot of the times it is, all you need is some clarification. And then you don't have to leave. <laughs> wow. You know, so that's a big deal. What what if, hold this, hold this loosely, what if it's just a misunderstanding? Uh, now, if it's misalignment, his his term, I think he just means if it's a if it's a substantive problem, okay, that's different. Right. But clarify the problem. <clears throat> Fourth, he says, leave with grace. I think this is central to leaving well. Say goodbye well. Mm. Uh, don't burn bridges with anybody. Affirm people on the way out the out the door. Take the high road. I think that's that you could say is the one way to leave well. Take the high road. Right. Speak positively of everybody. Um, be gracious. Um, he closes that section with this. I, I love this. He says, if you really want to know what the standard is for exiting with grace, ask yourself five years from now, what will I wish I had done? Ooh, I, that's a great, how do, how do you, wow. to, how do you leave? Well, what would you hope you had, had done five years from now? Hmm. You would have hoped probably you talked to somebody. Right. You would have hoped you, you took the high road on the way out. You would have hoped you'd affirmed the good things you saw because at one point you loved the church, right? right? Everybody's story. At one point you thought it was the church was amazing. So what would you wish you would have done maybe five years from now? I think that's a great thought of leaving with grace. And he just finishes with um, just a, a healthy encouragement. Okay, you're leaving. Part of leaving well is, is find and commit to another local church. Mm. Um, we're not consumers. Uh, we're not takers. We're we're an active part of the body of Christ. Don't just leave leave well. Quote, you know, leaving well does include, I think, biblically connecting to another body and being actively involved and and using your gifts and stretching your wings. And um, so, I think leaving should be this exception. But there there are ways to leave well. What what thoughts do you have? Yeah, I mean. Uh, most of mine, I, I yeah, it's definitely not uh, in that vein. I would, I would, I probably would have come at it with like all sorts of personal perspective and um, what I think it looks like to leave well or to not leave well mm-hmm. or any of those things. So, um, I mean, you you could argue for different different things, but. Uh, We've we've experienced recently in our church leaving some um, folks leaving some folks leaving and um, I could you know well either either just by church attendees by staff uh, Mm -hmm. all that like you could there's a spectrum I think of ways that people have have left Um, and you know I could sit here and argue uh, for the ways that I would have done it versus. Uh, the ways that they did uh, or not, um, and it all would have come down to personal perspective. Um, I think putting that that kind of short list. I mean, that's. I think those are really good, solid questions. With a given that um, it's very, that's it, that could be kind of reduced down a little bit, but 
there's all kinds of factors that are at play when someone chooses to leave. Or, um, but I think I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have looked at any of those situations, maybe in a healthy way, mm. um, unless I'd had those questions in front of me. You know, I think that was really good because, uh, the, the, especially the question of what you know, what what would you hope you have, would have done five years from now? Yeah, I'm like, wow. I, that we 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 live so much in the here and now. We don't think about right. what this does for our future, yeah. or what what it would have done for the people's future that we're leaving behind, and any, any of that stuff. Well, and maybe in, maybe at worst in the moment, kind of don't care. You yep. know, um, you know, you know what? I don't want I don't want you to reveal it, betray anybody's confidences. But I I know from talking to you as as fellow leader here at the church, um, somebody comes to mind who left very upset. Um, shortly after I got here mm-hmm. um, and has since lamented how they yeah. left you yeah. know, to, to be able to separate now with time. Okay. I'm not mad anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not, I, I understand some things that I didn't understand then. Oh, I even have some facts now <laughs> that I didn't have then. Oh, I wish I could go back and yeah. either not, maybe not even have left but but even to cut myself some slack, I hear this person saying, "Okay, I, I probably would have still left, but man, I could have left so much better." Yeah, there's something about that question of yeah, if I could possibly separate myself from the emotion, from the reactivity of it. Mm-hmm. Five years from now, what will I wish I would have done right. and said? Even if that seems really hard right now, yeah, um, man, there's some maturity to that. I there's think some, so. Some there's some love to that. I think so. How do I love? Really well on the wealth. Yeah, that, that that to me, how do I leave well? Is the same question in my mind of how do I love really, really well? Yeah, on my way out the door. Yeah, but I also want to be careful too. Like again, perspective, but like I want to be careful too about like our definition of what it looks like to love well. Like true personality. There's different personality true. types that that are con- are convinced, and it's not wrongly convinced. I mean, they're just convinced that to love well looks like this particular thing, which True. may not be my perspective or my view on what loving looks well like. looks like. Right. And I have to be really careful about um, really casting judgment on that. That's um, true. And you know, you know what? Maybe that's a good way to, to end, Tanner, is back up. What does it look like for us as pastors mm-hmm. or, or really broaden it for our listeners who love Colonial, who call Colonial your church home? What does it look like for us to love people who are leaving mm-hmm. well or who have left. How do yeah. we love them well? And I think it's it's some of the same principles. Take the high road. Extend grace. Um, I, I don't mind admitting, maybe this is even um, overlapping with some sin, if I'm honest, but I enjoy running into people almost every day that because I've been here over four years mm-hmm. that at one point or another we're at Colonial and for me to go, hey, how's it going? And it's a genuine man. How's your family? Yeah, and you're not and it, trying it, to rub anything. No, I'm not trying to rub no. anything. And it's all, but it's also, I'm very aware of the fact that okay, this is this is what it looks like to love somebody well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the moment, even if this particular situation I'm bummed about, or yeah. or I don't understand why that person left, or um, or I just don't know all the facts, and I'm wondering, you know, all those things to me should be covered by. Okay, it's not my church anyway. Yeah, it's, it's God's church, right? And and I don't know their story, and I love them, and so I think there's 
what's the central theme here? Grace. Like just extending grace, being patient with people, yeah, and trusting that God sees it all and let's keep being let's keep being faithful. That's you know? really good. That's really good. Well, I love it. Um, I love the questions. And man, I, I say this this way. I really hope anybody listening, anybody who has submitted a question would encourage, I would encourage you to continue that, submit more questions. We want to have these conversations. Uh, it's difficult to be in this kind of uh, a mode where um, we want to have these real conversations in this podcast, but it takes those questions kind of coming in. We could sit here and speculate all day what might be on people's minds, but it's a lot easier to just um, receive a question and to be able to respond to it. So if you um, are thinking about asking a question, just do it. Uh, you can submit your questions, um, and we would love to have conversation around it. So, uh, well, we'll end here, uh, and we'll pick it back up next week. Um, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. And again, you can get more information about Colonial, uh, what we're doing here at colonialchurch.com, kind of our front door. Uh, you can check it out. Or uh, there's also, we have an app you can download at the App Store, Google Play Store, and um, again, I can't stress it enough. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. We are, we are, that's not an empty statement that we make. We want to hear uh, your questions. We want to hear your feedback. So you can send those to podcast at colonialchurch.com. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And again, we'll pick up our conversation next week. <laughs>